And uh, it was good to be with you in service this morning. Enjoyed that message. Amen. Don't you all appreciate your pastor? Amen. Would you just appreciate him tonight? Amen. I honor you, brother, brother Sullivan, for for all the work you do. He preaches all over the place, y'all. I, I know uh, you just met me, but we've 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 struck up a really good friendship. We just actually this is the first time we've been in the same building, though. We talk on the phone quite a bit, and text back and forth or email, but. Today was the first day we've been able to be in the same building. I tried to be in the building with him once before, but he ran off. I didn't know if it was my breath or what, but he ran off. And, and uh, But uh, it's good to be here with him this morning. Amen. And uh, I do honor you for allowing me to, uh, to trust me enough to let me back up here. Maybe he didn't watch the live stream last time. That's why he let me back up here. I don't know. But uh, it is so good to be with you guys. And yeah, we've been... All week long at, in Orlando, down at the Assemblies of God District Council, or excuse me, General Council, and I worked all week for the ministry that I work for down there, and uh, just on my way home, I thought, I'm going to stop and have church with these folks again today, and uh, that's what we did. So thank you for your hospitality and allowing me to just kind of crash the party this morning, and uh, we're going to have church tonight, amen? amen? Anybody love the Lord? Amen. Anybody ready for his word? Oh, yeah. Then why don't you turn in your Bible to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5. You've all heard this story. Mark chapter 5. We're going to begin reading at verse 21. I got asked this morning about my wife. She didn't go with me. She had to work. And uh, so she didn't get to go to council with me. So, And uh, I texted her this afternoon and said, well, I'm preaching tonight, so I'll be home a little later than than, uh, than we thought. She said, you're not going to drive all night, are you? And I said, no, no, we ain't going to do that. That's not safe for me. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, she liked to be here. She enjoyed her time here as well. So um, we just had a good time the last time we were here. Y'all know how to have church, amen? amen? Amen. If you found it, stand to your feet for the reading of the word of the Lord this, this evening. Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. It says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him. And he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death, and I pray thee, Come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and I like this part, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Verse 35. While he yet spake, there come one of the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, say Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Verse 38 says, And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. They were astonished with great astonishment. Lord, we love you tonight and praise you. God, what an honor it is to stand here, Lord, in front of your people to deliver your word. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, tonight, God, as we thank you and worship you for your word, I ask you tonight, God, to bless and anoint it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, right now that you would just send this word out into every heart. I pray, God, that it would find its proper place, God, in every heart, Lord Jesus. Touch us tonight and change us. Touch us tonight and challenge us with this word, Lord. We love you and we know, God, that you have a plan for this evening. 
And we just yield to it right now and submit to it and ask you just to have your wonderful way in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Have your way in this house tonight. Would you just raise your hands and worship him one more time before you're seated? God, we just thank you and praise you and worship you. God, we honor you in this house tonight, Lord Jesus. We lift you up. God, you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be glorified. God, we worship the beauty of your holiness tonight, God, and ask you just to move in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. What an honor it is to be in your presence. We just worship you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. Chapter 5 in the book of Matthew, or excuse me, Mark, contains some awesome accounts of the power of God. As a matter of fact, I believe chapter 5 is all about the restoration power of God. I don't think our story is any different here. It starts in verse 21 of chapter 5, directly after Jesus has returned from the country of Gadara. Now you remember, in Gadara, Jesus restored the mind and the family of a man who was possessed by devils, and they called him Legion. Everybody remember that story, right? This man was possessed, amen? He was tormented by devils, lived in the graveyard. They tried to chain him, but couldn't. But when Jesus came onto the shore, the Bible said, when he saw Jesus, he comes and throws himself at his feet. And, and listen, Jesus touched him and delivered him from that oppression. I don't know about you, but I still believe Jesus works that way. Amen. I believe that Jesus still delivers. I believe Jesus can still heal. If you're oppressed tonight, depressed tonight, if you're possessed tonight, I'm telling you right now, I believe that I serve a God who still delivers. Amen. That way. I believe he still has the power. Anybody else? Yeah. Amen. He still has the power. I love that story about that gang member. Hey, man, you want to talk about deliverance? Those guys are in it. But when God can come in and save a soul like that, then you know his power has not diminished one bit, but that he's still able to do what he's always done. Amen? I don't know about you, but that makes me happy to know that God can do what he's always done. You know why? Because there's still sinners in this land. There's still people that are, that are neck deep in it, but God can bring them out. Amen? I believe that with all of my heart, don't you? So that's what Jesus did over there in Gadara. He set that man free. And as soon as Jesus arrives back on the Sea of Galilee's western shore there near Capernaum, the Bible said that much people gathered unto him. Now, these people didn't have the same attitude as the Gadarenes, amen? The Gadarenes didn't want anything to do with Jesus, amen? They, as a matter of fact, he, they had just watched their living run down a hill and into the sea, and so they came to Jesus and said, you know what, you're not welcome here. Won't you get back on the boat where you came from and leave our shores? And that's exactly what Jesus did. But when he got back over on this side of the, uh, of the shore or this side of the sea, there were some people there that felt a little different about him. The Bible said they were happy to see Jesus. The other folks were rejected him that these people were receiving him amen that's what happened on this side these people when he returned were happy to have him on their shores they were excited to have Jesus in their presence Luke's gospel says it this way in Luke 8 and 40 and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned that the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him so Jesus encounters a group of people here that were excited to have him in their presence therefore they received him gladly I don't know about you today, but I'm excited to be in the presence of Jesus. And I'm excited to have him in my presence. Amen. Listen, if Jesus didn't show up tonight, all this would be would be a gathering. But I'm telling you, I believe he's in the house tonight. He, he found some people that were glad to be in his presence. And when he finds those kinds of people, he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. I believe Jesus is in the midst of us tonight. Anybody else feel that way? I feel his presence right now. If you feel his presence, why don't you just slip up a hand and thank him for it right now. Lord, we thank you for your presence. You didn't have to come, but you're here. You didn't have to show up, God, but I feel your touch right now in this house. God, have your way in this place, Lord Jesus, tonight. I feel his touch in this house. Amen? These people were glad to see him. They were happy to have him on their shore. They were happy to have him, amen, in their presence. And so they begin, they, they begin to excitedly, amen, to come around him. The Bible said much people gathered unto him. Amen. I'm excited to have anybody else. 
The testimony of our joy and excitement to, to, to be in the presence of Jesus is found in the fact that we've gladly, cheerfully, eagerly, enthusiastically received him in our presence. Can I tell you that there are people filling churches all over this country today? Amen. It may look as if they're happy to be in the presence of the Lord, but they have not received him. Come on, somebody. They come in, they clap their hands, but they have not received him. They sing the songs as loudly as they can, but they have not received him. They may even join the church, but they have not received him. I'm telling you, I wish there was a group of people, amen, in the church today that would just open up their hearts and open up their hands and receive the Lord in his fullness into their lives. There are people all over the church. Amen. Oh, yeah. They give their offerings. They may even teach a Sunday school class and be involved in programs and ministries. But they have yet to receive the Lord. Come on, somebody. They've yet to receive him. But today I've come into this house, amen, with an open heart, a yielded mind and a receptive spirit so I can receive the Lord in his fullness. I've come to receive from him tonight. Anybody else feel that way? Whatever he wants to do in me, I'm here to receive it. Whatever he wants to say to me, I'm here to receive it. Whatever he needs to fix in my heart and life, I'm here to receive it. Amen, whatever needs to be covered by his blood in my life, I'm here to receive it. I've come into the house tonight to receive whatever it is God wants to do in me. Is that the way you feel? feel when you come into his house. Amen. Ready to receive. I guarantee you, you won't leave it here empty. You'll leave here full. He said if you come thirsting for righteousness, that you shall be filled by righteousness. I'm here to receive whatever it is, God. Whatever you want to do in me tonight, I've come to receive all that you have for me. Lord, pour it out in this house and into our lives tonight. Hallelujah. That's the way I feel. Anybody else? That's the way I feel. I don't want to leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't want to leave that way. I want to leave changed. You said you're already a Christian. Yeah, but I want more. I've had a touch. Of, amen. I've had just enough to make me hungry. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been there? I've had enough just to make me a little more thirsty. That's what I've had. I've had enough, amen, just to cause me to be a little. I, I need Jesus. I want everything he has for me. Anybody else feel that way? Amen. I'm here to receive it. I'm here to receive it. I'm here to receive everything Jesus has for me. The Bible said, when he reached the other side, that much people gathered unto him. Among the crowd was the ruler of the synagogue. His name was Jairus. The Bible says in Mark 5 and 22, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly. Isn't that something? Now, I believe that we entertain a lot of times in our minds the fact that all religious leaders in that day were out to get Jesus. None of them believed in him. They all rejected him, and they were out to get him. But here's one of them that wasn't. He wasn't rejecting him. Matter of fact, he believed in Jesus. Amen? He believed in Jesus. He, he had not rejected him. He had received him. And, and his attendance at this service on this day was, was, a, was proof that he believed in his miracle working power. He needed something and he came to the only one who could provide it. Amen. How many know sometimes we go all over the place looking for help except for the place that we could get help? Come on, somebody. There are people on this planet that are chasing their tails looking for help. They're going everywhere but to the one who could really give them help. Come on, somebody. Amen. Paying lots of money. That's the other story in the middle of that story. You, you, you remember the woman with the issue of blood. Is Her story is smack dab in the middle of this story. And the Bible tells us that she went everywhere she could. She spent all the money she had. And when she got to the end of it, she wasn't better but worse. Amen. And then she came to Jesus. That's how we play the game. I'm telling you, why don't you start with the Lord? Amen. He's, a, he's, he's the one that started all this in the first place. He said, I'm the first and the last. Why don't we just go to the first first and he'll take care of all the things we need. Amen. Does anybody believe that? Amen. So here he comes. He knows Jesus is the one that can do something about his problem. And so here he is. Amen. Root of the synagogue or not. He comes to Jesus. He hears Jesus is going to be there. Amen. So he wholly believes in him. He completely has faith in him. And so he comes to Jesus. Risking ridicule and rejection. By all of his colleagues in that synagogue. He turns out to this service. He finds a place at Jesus' feet. He gathers there. Amen. At the Lord's feet. At the healer's feet. Because he has something he needs from him. 
Amen? I believe that he believed in Jesus. I believe that he had confidence in Jesus. He had faith in Jesus. And the Bible said, when his eyes saw him, that he came and threw himself before him. And the Bible said he besought him greatly. Now, Matthew 9 says it this way in verse 18. Here came a ruler, uh, a certain ruler, and worshiped him. Right? Mark says he besought him. Matthew says he worshiped him. Now, now the word beseech means this. The word beseech means to ask earnestly and sincerely. And I hope we all know what worship means. Sometimes I wonder. I go into churches and, 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 and they say worship the Lord and I see what's going on. And I wonder if we really know what worship is anymore. But I hope we all know what worship means. So on one hand, it says he beseeched him. He asked him earnestly. Amen. He was, he was coming to him sincerely and asking. But then on the other hand, the Bible said he worshiped him. <clears throat> now, there are some people that would take that and say, yep, see there? The Bible contradicts itself. The Bible's not in agreement. It says he beseeched, but over here it says that he worshiped. And so it's, it's, not, the, it's not an agreement. It's not, it, that's, a, but that's, not, that's not a disagreement. And you know what that is? I'll tell you what it is. It's two men seeing a situation from two different angles. Because I don't, think, I don't think it was a contradiction. What I think, it was the whole story. That's what I think it was. Amen. Was he worshiping him? I believe he was. Uh, was he beseeching him? I believe he was. Uh, first of all, just let me tell you that you're never going to really see Jesus without worshiping him. When you really lay your eyes on him. I mean, when you get an eye full of the Savior. Amen. You're not going to do anything but raise a hand and worship him. Because he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and the God of Gods. And there's no way really to have an experience with him without worship. Him, hallelujah. You better believe when I see him in heaven, the first thing I'm going to do is stole my crown. I don't really deserve to wear it anyways. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that washed me. He's the one that got me to heaven. It's his crown. I'll lay it at his feet as I worship him because he's worthy. You ain't going to see Jesus without worshiping. You remember the first time you came down and gave your heart and life to the Lord and you really had an experience with him? I mean, you really saw him for the first time. What did you do? And nobody had to convince you. Nobody had to talk you into it. No, your hand just automatically went up uh, and your heart went out. Why? Because you just come into contact with somebody more precious than you've ever met before in your life. It was the one who just poured grace out on you. It's Jesus and you had to worship him. Amen? Amen? But he also had a need in his life. Right. He also had a need in his life. His daughter was lying at home. She was about to die. She was on her deathbed. No doctor, nobody else could fix her. But Jesus could. So right behind his worship came this earnest request. Could you just come to my house? If you just come in and touch her. I got the verse here. It says in verse 23, my little daughter. Life at the point of death. He said, I pray thee, come, lay thy hands on her, and that she, she, she may be healed, and, and she shall live. Yeah. I love that line. She shall live. Listen, if there was any doubt about his faith up to this point, he just put it to rest, did he not? He said, if you just come and touch her, she shall live. Hallelujah. Amen. He didn't say she might feel better. He didn't say she might have an extra good day. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. She might have a few more hours. No. He said, if you touch her, she shall live. She'll get up. Amen. And she'll live. Hallelujah. I think that's powerful. Amen. I wish some of us could get that kind of faith. Come on, somebody. I wish we could just get that attitude about things and just not even worry. Lord, we just put it in your hands because I know once it's in your hands, it'll live. I don't have to worry about it no more. I don't have to stroke it anymore. If I just put it in your hands, it shall live because that's what you do, God, because that's who you are, God. You are life, and as long as you have it, it shall live. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Somebody praise him in this house. He said, if you touch her, she shall live. I don't know what you've been fighting. I don't know what you've been dealing with. I don't know what you've been struggling with. But I'm telling you right now, if you put it in the hand of God, it'll live. It'll live. Come on, somebody. It'll live. Hallelujah. You may have thought it was going to die. But if you can just get it to Jesus, it'll live. Hallelujah. He'll bring it back to life. Come on, somebody. You believe that? He said, if you touch her, she'll live. If you touch her, she'll live. 
Nobody else may believe that, but he said, if you, if you just touch her, if you just come and lay your hand on her, she shall live. That's good, isn't it? How many of you know that faith in God always attracts the attention of God? Did you hear me? I said faith in God always attracts the attention of God. Oh, and here's the good part. And when you get his attention, then you'll get his touch. Come on. When you get his attention, you'll get his touch. Amen? Isn't that, isn't that what we read in the Bible over and over and over again? The Bible teaches us over and over again that principle right there. Faith gets his attention. When you get his attention, you'll get his touch. Isn't that what we see he taught in Mark 5 and 34 in the healing with a woman? Amen. With the issue of blood. Isn't that what we see taught in Matthew 8 and 13? Amen. With the healing of the centurion servant. Isn't that what we see taught in Matthew 15 and 18, 28, excuse me, in the healing of the woman of Canaan's possessed daughter? Isn't that what we see taught in Mark 10 and 52 in the healing of old blind Bartimaeus? Isn't that what we see taught in Luke 7 and 50 within the salvation of the woman with the alabaster box? Isn't that what we see taught in Luke 17 and 10? in the healing of the leper you go back and read every one of those accounts in every one of those accounts God credits the faith of those people for getting his attention and when they got his attention then they received his touch in their life let's talk about the woman with the issue of blood what happened he turned around and he said daughter that, I, I like that anyways she came in a woman but she left a daughter come on somebody I mean that's the way it is you might come in somebody nobody even may know who you are but when you leave hallelujah You'll be a son. You'll be a daughter. He turned around and said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. It's faith. It's the faith. Go back and read each one of those things. And you're going to find out that it was all about their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. Oh, we could keep going. Remember the, remember the man that tore the roof off and lowered him down? The, where the Bible said when he saw the faith of his friends. It was faith that got his attention. And when you get the Lord's attention, you're going to get his touch. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't know what you need tonight, but I'm telling you, if you'll just approach the throne of God, amen, like Hebrews said, boldly, amen, with confidence it says, what is that? That's faith. If you just approach him in faith, you'll get his attention. He'll stop the proceeding. He'll touch your life. And he'll raise you up. And you shall. I said you shall live. Oh, come on, somebody praise him in this house. I feel his presence in this place. Hallelujah. You shall live. You got faith tonight? If you got some faith, you'll get the Lord's attention. When you get his attention, his touch will be on your life. Amen. I got more proof. Amen. I believe we hear it taught in Romans 3 and 30. Seeing it is but one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. I believe we hear it taught in Galatians 3 and 26. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We hear it taught in Galatians 5 and 5. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by, by faith. Amen. We hear it taught in James 1 and 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally and abradeth it not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. We hear it taught in James 5 and 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Hallelujah. I'm talking about faith tonight. Amen. I wish there was somebody in the house that had some faith. Anybody? Anybody? I love that last one. Amen. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Why is that? Because our faith gets God's attention. When all of a sudden that bell gets rung up there, you know what bell I'm talking about? Oh, that's in that hymn book too. The prayer bells of heaven. Amen. When we begin to ring that bell and those things sing the song of faith. Amen. Jesus' ears perk up. He comes down to where you are in that moment. And I believe he'll touch our lives and raise us up. Amen. I like that book. I told him last time I was here, y'all got a little church of God in here all the time. Come on, somebody. That book says Pathway. That's where I'm from, the Church of God. 
glory. I know y'all don't get excited, but that's all right. I'll, I'll be excited on myself. I don't care what you're in need of today. It's only by faith in God that we'll receive the touch of God in our lives. Do you believe that? It's only by faith in God that we'll receive the touch of God in our lives. When God sees our heart reaching out in faith with his strong and mighty hand. That strong and mighty hand that's able to do all things. It'll reach down to where you are and it'll touch you. I said he'll touch you. Amen? I believe he can do it. And you shall live. Amen. I know there's a lot of... We, Pastor talked about it this morning. There's a lot of talk about death. And everybody's afraid of, of dying. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not so afraid of dying that I'm, I'm going to stop living. Not one chance, buddy. I'm out here trying to do everything I can for the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, I got a chance. You know what? The Bible says life is but a vapor. Amen. Before COVID started, I wasn't promised tomorrow anyways. I wasn't promised tomorrow anyways. There's a thousand ways I could have exited this place. But I like what Pastor said this morning. Amen. I'm telling you right now, until God's done with me, I'm not going anywhere. It don't matter if it's a bus trying to run me over or COVID trying to, no matter what it is, I'm not going anywhere until God's done. And until God's done, I'll live and I work and I labor for the kingdom of God, for His glory and for His honor. Oh, come on, somebody give Him a praise. I believe that, don't you? Yeah. The devil's going to threaten. He's going to say, I'm taking you out. Yeah. Let him talk all he wants to. That's all he is, is a bunch of talk. Yeah. And you can't believe a thing he says. The Bible said he was a liar from the beginning. Yeah. But you can believe everything Jesus said. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Faith. If you'll have faith. Jairus had faith. He communicated it. He said, if you come lay your hands on her, she'll live. Isn't that what he said? Yes. Upon seeing his faith, what does Jesus do? I told you. When he sees your faith, you'll get his attention. And when you get his attention, you'll get his touch. Yeah. So what was happening here? What happened next? Jesus saw his faith. And the Bible says in Mark 5 and 24, and Jesus went with him. He saw his faith. He said, let's go. He said, he went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. You know, there's a whole lot of people bumping into Jesus, but I didn't come to do that. I came to touch him. Come on, somebody. The Bible said they just thronged him. How many of you know that there's a whole lot of people just bumping into him today? They just bump into him here and bump into him there. But there's no real desire in their heart. There's no real faith in their heart to really get a hold of what he's talking about and what he wants to do in their life. Come on, somebody. So the Bible said much people thronged but him, but he went. Because Jairus got his attention. So the next thing you see in the story is a test of Jairus' faith. How many know sometimes our faith gets tested? If you're going to be bold enough to stand up and say, I have faith, then you better just know that it's probably going to be tested. Come on, somebody. So that's the next thing we see is a test of his faith. Look at verse 35. While he yet spake, he was just, just talking to Jesus, just had convinced him. But while he was talking, while he was convincing him to go, somebody else was already on the way. Right? The devil's going to tell you, you don't really got what you say you got. Come on, somebody. Amen. So it says, while he yet spake, there come a ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? I, I don't understand what just happened. I mean, Jairus came. He came to the church service when none of his other colleagues would. He's, he's come. He's thrown himself at his feet. He's worshipped. He's besieged. He's, he's here. He's convinced Jesus to come. But now he gets this message. What's the report say? It's too late. It's too late. Has anybody in the house ever been given that report? Somebody come to you, you've been praying over it, you've been trying, amen, to nurse something back to life. I don't know what it was. It was some ministry, maybe it was a relationship, maybe, maybe it was even uh, your kid. You were there, you were trying to work, but somebody came and said, it's too late. Give up on it. Let it go. Move on. It's too late. That's what happened. He said, don't bother Jesus any longer. It's too late. Let him get back to his business. Look at all these people. 
What you need him for is oh, it's too late. Don't bug him any longer. Oh, but how many of you know that it's never too late for the Lord? I'm going to say that again on behalf of you. I said it's never too late for the Lord. Come on, somebody. It don't matter what kind of report comes. It's never too late for the Lord. Come on, somebody. They said it's too late. But it's never too late for the Lord. Amen. He's never off schedule. He's never off time. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. I know he didn't fit into your time clock or on your calendar. You may have thought he's late. You may have thought he wasn't going to show up. But I'm telling you, he's going to show up. And he'll be right on time because God is never late. Amen. He's never late. And it's never too late for him. Amen. You may not be able to do anything with it. But you just wait till God steps into the situation and watch what he does with it. It's never too late for the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that tonight. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Never too late for the Lord. I said it's never too late for the Lord. Somebody needs to hear that right now. I don't know what you're, what's happening, but you need to hear that. You need to get that in your spirit. You need to embrace it and get a hold of it. You need to get a death grip on that right now because somebody told you it was too late, but I'm here to declare to you right now that God's still working. He's still moving. You can't see it yet, but it's going to come to pass because God has a plan. Amen. And it's never too late for His plan. Amen. Somebody right now may have a calling on your life that you've never pursued. Somebody else here may have God-given talents that you've never used. Somebody here may have sons and daughters. You've been praying for them, but they're still lost. You've been seeking God for them, but they're still wayward. Amen. Somebody else may be here. You may have gotten a pessimistic doctor's report that said there's nothing else we can do. Amen. That's it. We've tried it all, and there's nothing else we can do. Somebody here may have just about given up on everything in their life. You haven't told anybody yet. You've kept it a secret, but you've just about given up on everything. But I'm here to tell you right now, don't you give up on any of that. Because it's never too late for the Lord. He never repents of his calling. Amen. He's able to still save to the uttermost. Don't you give up on any of it. It's never too late for the Lord. God's still on the throne. And God will bring it to pass. I believe that. Anybody else? I want to declare again. It's never too late for the Lord. I may say that 10,000 more times before I leave because you need to walk out of here reminding yourself in every situation, every day, it's never too late for the Lord. It looks like the seconds are just about to tick off the clock, but he's about to have his final say because it's never too late for him. Amen. 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 In the midst of the echo of this bad report, you need to listen for that still small voice. It says, I still have something to say about this. I'm not giving up. You don't give up. Listen, if the Lord's still willing to work on it, I think we ought to give him some time. Come on, somebody. Because he's able. Anybody believe that? There's not one thing he can't do. He's able. Well, there's a whole lot of things I can't do, but there's nothing he can't do. Come on, church. It's never too late for the Lord. Amen. It's never too late for the Lord. Jesus immediately Let's Jairus know that he has final say in the matter. Amen. Immediately, look at verse 36. He said, Be not afraid, only believe. You see that? He said, Be not afraid, only believe. Jesus, recognizing this test of Jairus' faith, does two things. First of all, first of all, he come against his fear. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that when you're in the heat of something, when you're in the mix of this, when the pressure is really starting to apply, be applied to you, amen, the first thing that happens is we begin to get afraid about it. We start getting nervous. We start getting uneasy and anxious. Fear is usually the first thing that sets in. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so immediately he hears, it's too late. Just let the master go back. It's too late. Amen. All of a sudden in Jairus, I know without a doubt, fear began to rise. That was his daughter. Amen. He didn't even really get to tell her goodbye because he came to see the master. And now she's gone. She's gone. She's dead. Are you kidding? And I can just see as his whole countenance changes. And, and Jesus could see a sphere begin just to overwhelm him and overcome come him. How many knows that fear sometimes is paralyzing? You can't even walk when you're in the midst of it. Sometimes you can't even see straight when it gets a hold of you. That's what fear does to us. And so the first thing that Jesus could do before he could give him the other message, he had to combat the fear in his life. And he said, don't be afraid. It was necessary 
to push back the fear because next he was going to bolster his faith. So he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Amen. We've talked a whole lot about Matter of fact, we probably talked too much about it during this pandemic. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. But listen, how many of you understand that's a real principle? Amen. And, and if we have to beat that dead mule, we ought to. Because somebody still ain't got it. We're, there's still a whole lot of fear out there. But we need to understand that faith needs to override that fear. We need to walk in faith. We don't got time to be afraid. Come on, somebody. Amen. As a matter of fact, if there's people dying all over the place, that's all the more reason why we got to be on top of our game in, in regards to witnessing. Amen. Some of them may go out into, into eternity without Jesus unless we get busy. We got to get. We got to push the fear aside. We got to get some faith in our life. We got to march out into this thing and begin to testify. Amen. About a God who's able to save and deliver and heal. Hello. Does anybody believe that? He said, don't fear. Only believe. Only believe. I know that word only is there. It's a tough one. What do you mean only believe? It's tough when you get some of those messages, isn't it? When you get that report. But Jesus said, all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is have some faith. You had it. Because you're here. Amen. Amen. Hold on to what you had. Right. Yeah. Amen. Walk in what's already there. Yeah. Come, on. Come on, somebody. He said, be not afraid. Only believe. I've got something to say about this, Jairus. We're still walking to your house. We're not turning around. We're still headed to, to the direction we've always been. So you just keep believing you just stand in what you know. Amen. He must have been at some other services or else he wouldn't know what Jesus could do. Come on, somebody. He'd been there. He'd seen it. He'd heard the news. So Jesus just said, oh, just walk in that. Amen. Just walk in that assurance. Keep a hold. Amen. Of that. Don't let fear knock it out. Don't let fear paralyze you. Don't be afraid. Only believe. So now having calmed the fears and bolstered the faith and encouraged the faith of Jairus, the journey continues to the house. Look at verse 37. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he come to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult. And them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And verse 40 says, And they laughed him to scorn. It wasn't a laughter like you just cracked a joke and that's funny. Ha ha. They laughed him to scorn. It was a sarcastic, snarky. Come on, somebody. It, meant to be, it was meant to be a jab. It was meant to belittle him. Come on, somebody. The Bible said they laughed him to scorn. So the Bible says that he doesn't let anybody come except for Peter, James, and John. When these men arrive at the home, they walk in. And the mourners were already started. They're already there. They'd already pick out their favorite spot in the house and they were already wailing and weeping and crying. I, I would imagine that their noses were already red. They, they probably, their eyes were probably already swollen. Their voices were already hoarse. I mean, they were in full wail. Right? Empty boxes of puff plus over in the corner. Yeah? Because it was time to mourn. And Jesus walked in. Oh, you didn't get that. I said Jesus walked in. Come on, listen. You can cry all you want to, but when Jesus walks in, the atmosphere changes. I don't know what you've been dealing with, but I'm telling you, as soon as Jesus steps in, everything is different. When Jesus stepped in the boat, he spoke calm into the situation. Come on, somebody. When Jesus stepped in the room, everything turned in. I'm telling you, when Jesus steps in, everything is different. Amen. You believe that? When Jesus steps in. When Jesus steps in. So he steps in that room. He takes in this whole scene. He said, I don't know what you're doing. Making such a big deal about this dozing damsel. She's just sleeping. Amen. And the Bible said they laughed him to scorn. 
You know what that said? It's too late. That's what that laughter was all about. Everything in that house was saying it's too late. They've already planned the funeral. It's too late. They've already picked out her dress. It's too late. They've already got the coffin picked out. It's too late. They've already got the music picked out and it's already playing. The hole is dug. Everything is arranged. It's too late. Everything in the house screamed. It's too late. But remember, Jesus had just stepped into the room. Come on, somebody. They said, it's too late. The Bible says, and I love this part. The Bible said in verse 40 that Jesus put them all out. Anybody see that? Anybody see that in there? It says in verse 40 that Jesus put them all out. I think this is an important part of the story. Because how many of you know that there are people in your life that you need to put out? Come on. Every time God's getting ready to do something in your life, there's just scornful laughter. Every time God's getting ready to do something in your life, they just speak some negative words in your ear. Amen. You need to put them out. Why do you keep putting up with them? God's trying his best to bless you, promote you, help you, mature you, take, take you to the next level. But you are, you're still hanging around that old bunch and all they do is drag you down. It's time you put some of those people out of your life. I'm not saying, to, I'm not saying to shut them and never talk to them again. But I'm telling you, you got to stop letting them influence your life. You need to put them out. God is wanting to do something in your and they keep telling you it's dead. It's too late. But I'm telling you Jesus is about to bring it back to life and you don't need that. Oh come on somebody praise him in this house. I feel his presence in this place. I don't know whether to run or stand here and take it. My goodness. I feel his presence. I'm telling you, there's some people in the church that need to get a new group. You've been hanging around the wrong people. Oh, but, but that's my cousin. That's my aunt. That's my. I told you, I'm not telling you you've got to shun them. I'm just telling you, you can't let them influence you anymore. Amen. Stop letting them have that power over you. All they ever do is tell you it's too late. Put them out. Put them out. He said, look, what I'm getting ready to do, you can't be here for. That's what Jesus was saying. What I'm getting ready to do in this house. Hey, you can't be here for that. You don't have any faith. I told you faith gets his attention. Hey Amen. Once you get his attention, you get his touch. But they, but they couldn't be here for it because they don't have any faith. So they had to go. Jesus, put them out. Amen. There are people right now in your life. You need to tell them, I love you. I care about you. We're still friends, but I can't hang around you anymore because there are things that I keep that I know God's trying to do in my life and you keep tearing it down. You keep undermining it. You keep speaking against it and I'm not going to have it. I want everything God has for me and if you're going to stand in the way, then you got to get out. I don't know who that's for, but I feel that in my spirit tonight. You know who you are right now. Somebody keeps talking to you. Put them out. Come on, somebody. Put them out. Until they're gone, until you lose that hold and influence on your life, you're never going to get where God's trying to take you. Come on, church. So he says, you got to go. We're getting ready to do something in this house you can't stick around for. So he puts them out, right? And then it says he taken the father, the mother, the damsel, and they, and they went where, where, with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Verse 42 says, and straightway, I love those King James words. And straight, immediately, he touched her. What happened? Straightway, the damsel arose and walked. They said he's dead. But he grabbed her by the hand. Just like Jairus said, if you touch her, she shall live. She shall live. And here we see that come to pass right here. The Bible said he reached down, he prayed a prayer, grabbed her by the hand, and straightway she got up. And the Bible said she walked. She was 12 years old. And they were astonished with great astonishment. I'm telling you, if you ever get to the place in your life where God doesn't amaze you anymore, you're probably backslid. I'm amazed with what God does every single day. And to watch him walk into a city. 
situation like that and grab that girl by the hand and raise her up. What he did for her, I know he can do for me. Amen. And I hold on to that and I'm astonished with what God does. I'm amazed with how God works. God ever amaze you? Has God ever amazed you? I'm telling you from the moment, from the outset of my relationship with him, I was amazed. Amen. I told you last time I was here, I'm third generation church of God. My grandpa was a church of God preacher. My dad was a church of God preacher. And here I am. But you know what, Brother Eddie? Not one of those men could get me into heaven. I couldn't show up and say, I'm here. Amen. And my grandpa is J.L. Richardson Sr., ordained bishop in the church of God, served on this state council, served on that state council. Here I am. You know what they'll do? Well, it's nice to know that. But I got to have my name in that book. They're going to say, yeah, we found him. He's already here. Been here for a while. We found him. But what's your name? Come on, somebody. Well, well, my name is Raymond Lee Shockley. And I preach revivals all over the country. That's, that's not me. That was my dad. I, I got to get saved. Now, listen, I was an honorary good-for-nothing preacher's kid. And redheaded to boot. That didn't help. Come on, somebody. Amen. I know y'all think preacher's kids are the worst. It's not fair. Is it Kirsten? It's not fair. But y'all think preacher's kids are the worst. And you know what? Just to be fair, sometimes we are. You know why we are? Because we're trying to prove to everybody that we're not perfect because that's what you expect us to be. So we work extra hard. You say they're the worst. Well, we don't want to disappoint you. So listen, it was, it was a tough thing. I've heard it all my life. You, you almost get to a place where you take it for granted. So to walk down to an old-fashioned altar of prayer and kneel down there and ask Jesus to come into my heart and wash my sins away, that was a big deal. And you know what? He did it. He actually came into my life. He washed my sins away. Amen. And all those hungry things I did, amen, he covered them with his blood. I, I was amazed then, and I'm amazed right now that he even called me to do what I'm doing because I know who I am. I know where I've been. I know what I've done. But he amazed me when he saved me, and he still amazes me today. I gotta hurry. He let me preach. I can't take advantage of that. I'm trying to get four sermons in. In no, I'm just kidding. It's never too late for the Lord. I was said they were astonished with great astonishment. Took her by the hand and raised her up. Amen. They said it's too late, but Jesus said, "Watch this. It's never too late for the Lord." Come on, somebody. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care who's saying what about your situation. I don't care what the devil says can't be done. Come on, somebody. It's never too late for the Lord. I don't care how many tears have been shed. I don't care who's picked out what about your funeral. I'm telling you right now, it's never too late for the Lord. God hasn't had his final say. God hasn't spoken his final word over it yet. You just hang on. Don't be afraid. Only believe God is doing something right now in your life. I don't know what test you're facing. I don't know what you're struggling with every day. I don't know how final that, you're, that that deal looks to you, but I know this. It's never too late for the Lord. I know what my God can do. Anybody else? Amen. It's never too late for the Lord. I'm just trying to encourage you tonight. I don't know most of you, but I know Him. Amen. And what I know about him tells me it don't matter what you're going through. He can handle it. It's never too late for the Lord. Would you stand to your feet? It's never too late for the Lord. I'm here to declare to you right now, just as he took that little girl by the hand and raised her up, he's going to do that for somebody in this place tonight. He's going to grab you by the hand. You thought you were dead? No. You just hold on, friend. He's going to grab you by the hand and you shall live. Did you hear what I said? I said you shall live. Your situation shall live. Amen. Maybe it's your job. Your job shall live. Come on. Maybe it's your marriage. Your marriage shall live. Maybe it's a wayward uh, child. I'm telling you, they shall live tonight. God is able. And you shall live. I said you shall live. Come on, somebody. 
Lord, we're in this place tonight, God, in your presence. Knowing that you're here, Lord Jesus, right now. God, and we raise our hands in recognition of your righteousness, of your holiness. We raise our hands in recognition, God, of your all-powerfulness, Lord. And we just pray right now, Lord, that you'd move across this auditorium. That you'd move across this building right now, God. Touching every heart, touching every life. Encouraging every soul in the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Victory, church, may go against everything you're seeing or hearing. But take heart, weary pilgrim. It's never too late for the Lord. Amen. I know what you're seeing isn't good, but that's the reason why we walk by what? And not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, somebody. Amen. I stand right here and declare to you tonight. If you'll do as Jairus did. If you'll come and find a place at the feet of Jesus. If you'll worship him a little bit. If you'll beseech him a little bit. I'm telling you, God is going to come into your situation and raise you up. Amen. Amen. If you believe that he is able. If you've got that kind of faith tonight. If you've got faith that he's enough. And he'll touch your life. You believe that? Hold on. It's never too late for the Lord. Trust on. It's never too late for the Lord. Stand strong. It's never too late for the Lord. That's what he told Jairus. Just keep walking in it, Jairus. We're going to get there together. I'm telling you, God is going to touch you tonight. I'm going to pray one more time, and then we're going to invite you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, you move all across this house, touching every life. Touching every heart. I pray God right now, the Lord, you just, God, you begin tugging right now on folks, on their hearts, on their lives. God, I pray tonight that you'd reach out to them. Have your way in this place. If you're in this house and you say, I want to live. I'm, I'm dealing with a situation right now and it needs to live. I'm dealing with a, a lost loved one and they need to live. Whatever the situation is, I'm telling you, if you'll just come and find a place at the feet of Jesus and you'll just worship him a little bit, God's going to move in your direction. God's going to move in your situation. Come on right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come on. 